but we need to do another intro. Mm. So real quick, here's what I want everyone to do. Say your name and then say what the podcast is about in like 30 seconds. I'm going to tell you right now, John, that I, Matthew Sin, will not do that. Well, then what are you going to do? I emphatically refuse to state that the purpose of this podcast is to determine which character <laughs> in a particular series, a piece of media, book, whatever that we're talking about is the best. Because uh-huh. we've already done this twice before. And uh, to do it a true. third time is a disservice to myself, to Brandon, and I think to you. It's just disrespectful well, at this point. Well, you know, here at Your Favorite Character Sucks, that's what we do. We, we repeat the process over and over until we have multiple winners. And then at the end of the season, we have a best of the best episode where those winners go head to head to determine which character is the best from the entire season. Well, here's what I, Brandon Lee Nash, will tell you about this program, YFCS Pod, as we like to call it on the socials. I'm just here to argue with my friends about dumbass shit that most people uh-huh. don't really care about, but we do. And that's why we're here. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you, guys. On today's episode, Horror of the 2000s, we're talking films like American Psycho, Jeepers Creepers, Let the Right One In, The Collector, Saw, and Coraline. All right. Well, today we're talking about horror yet again. This is our Wait, third. Wait, we started? Yeah, this is our third episode in the horror trilogy. This is the 2000s era, which is an interesting era. I like a lot of the movies, but the I characters, don't. you know, I think when I say I like a lot of the movies, there are like a handful that I really do like, and then there's a lot that I don't like, but that's always horror, I think. I don't know. I think the, I, I like that's how it always uh, is the 2000s me. were definitely a time where they were just throwing a lot of stuff into theaters, and uh-huh. I feel like that's kind of when horror started to go downhill. There was a lot of really basic stuff coming out but then yeah whenever there was a good horror movie that came out like they you know there was there was still some some classics that were getting made but yeah i I definitely think Mm -hmm. that uh character wise 2000s are not as strong as some of the earlier decades but still some good stuff to work with it it was a little difficult to come and character wise is uh pennywise's son right that's one of the things they tried was character wise Mm -hmm. Yeah, he wasn't uh, as scary. It was actually just a, like a normal <laughs> clown who was going to children's parties. Yeah. It was kind of fun, actually. <laughs> so yeah, if, you, if you've been with us, this is our third year of doing this, and you would know who that voice is. That's our friend Lou. Hello. Our friend Ceci also. Hey, guys. On this episode, as they've been the last two years. Our resident um, horror expert. This, it's been that long? We, this is our third year doing this. I don't believe it. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's crazy. And the, the craziest thing is, is that we're all limping into this episode. Like, to make this third year happen was <laughs> very difficult. Well, explain we thought some of the circumstances that are going thought, on. Well, last year we just had COVID. We thought that that was, just like, COVID. that was hard. <laughs> we still have COVID this year. We yep. still have COVID, and we've added on, you know, surgeries and illnesses and, oh you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so we, we've really made it difficult for ourselves, but we're here, and we're doing it. Um, and we're ready to talk about our favorite horror characters, the best horror characters of the 2000s decade. Yeah, uh, Cecilia, I don't know if uh, you had heard, but John is sick right now. That's why he's not here. Oh, no, I did not know. Okay. Yeah, I didn't show up because I have a cough, and I but didn't want to come over there and, he is and dedicated to kill the anybody. Cause. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. Appreciate your safety. 
Yeah, I'm dedicated to the cause, which is my nickname for Bill Cosby. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, we're not trying to get that kind Whatever of sponsorship here. That anyway, off, off topic, but what happened He, he got convicted. He, he's but he got released, didn't he? I thought he's he got released. Or he's waiting. No, I he, got, he somehow managed to, like, evade. He, he got convicted, and then literally, like, like two months ago, they uh, released him because of, like, his age and because of his illnesses. Well, that's cool. <laughs> they convicted the guy that was in the Jinx documentary. What's that guy's name? Robert Durst. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they convicted him. Nice. All right. So that's a real-life murderer. Yeah, We're talking about... the identity of the Zodiac. That's killer. a real-life murderer. It's just some dude. They sure. found the identity? Yeah, it's just oh, some yeah, old white guy. Oh, yeah, I saw that, guy. too. Some white guy. What are you talking about? Literally, it's just that's some real. old white they, guy. They figured out who it was. Just some old white dude. Wait, who? I think oh, his really? name. I think his name was like Greg or something. Yeah, it like basic, it was just really dude. basic. It was the dumbest shit. Yeah. And there's like, <laughs> wait a minute. There's but pictures. How are they certain? Yeah. How are they certain about that? Because there's no way to prove. Because he's dead now, isn't he? He is dead. So how are you? They're just trying to throw somebody out there just to kind of. But no, there just is, to close that case. They're like, find like, the last white dude that died and just put it on him, please. There's like <laughs> Facebook photos of these other dudes that would hang out with him, and they would always make like a little like zodiac. Because they knew. Joke. That's what people are assuming that they. There's knew. no fucking way that people knew for the last what four or five decades. They were just like, yeah, we'll we'll keep this secret, man. Yeah, there's no friends that are that good that they're like, oh my god, you're the Zodiac well, you killer. Know that That's just because you're not a good enough friend doesn't mean that other people are not. Matt, I swear to well, God, if you kill somebody, I, I will immediately turn you in for that reward money. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll save this for the the uh, mass murder. Yeah, we'll save this podcast. for the best serial killers episode. Oh Jesus! I should have known though in the in the age of podcast detective um, series that they would discover the killer, the, Zod- the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. It was only a matter of time before those sleuths caught somebody. So, who is who feels very strongly about their character? I feel very strongly about two characters, so I don't feel like I should go first. I don't feel very strongly about my yeah, character. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, okay, I feel very strongly about the film that I want to talk about. Character, like, I, you know, not as strongly, but I still definitely enjoy it. But I, I have, yeah. out of the ones that I've heard what we're going to talk about, I feel like Brandon is going to have the strongest case for you. Brandon, you got a pretty strong... I would say, what, strongest monster character of this decade yeah, for sure. I still agree that, like, we're kind of lacking in the character department. Like, there's <laughs> some great movies. We'll, we'll talk about them in a minute. But, yeah, character-wise, it's like, eh, I don't know. But, yeah, go ahead. Brand, you think you could start for us? Sure. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. I will be discussing the Creeper from the series Jeepers Creepers. Uh, and before I get into the character, I'm just obligated to say that uh, we in no way endorse the writer-director of I'm so films. glad that you said that, because he's the real creeper. Uh, yeah, because he's a convicted uh, pedophile-slash-child pornographer, so oh, wow. fuck Yikes. that guy. Jesus Christ. We don't support him in any way. But he's really good at making creepy characters, and it's clear why. Oh my god. The creeper, aptly named. I don't even know what he... You don't even really know what he is. I'm going to say a demon, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say demon is like the closest that they... Well, and that's better, too. You don't want to have the full story. You want to have some mystery. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Um, But, yeah, I saw that first film at probably too young of an age. (laughs) And it just really stuck with me because it starts off seeming like one of those movies you know with just like a deranged redneck or something it's just some guy in a truck like hunting them down on like the back roads of america yeah and then they find his house and it's just like 
plastered wall to wall with preserved dead bodies. That scene mm-hmm. is like really disturbing. Well, is that the house or is that the underground thing? That's under his house where he takes all oh, the God. bodies back. His house is mm. uh, technically, I think they say that it's like an old church. And underneath yeah. that old church is, yeah, where he has just a mural of people sewn together. I also saw that there was a deleted scene where the creeper talked. And yes. Uh-huh. I'm kind of glad they took that out because I think it's, I don't know, more ominous. But don't they, yeah. doesn't he talk with, because I think later on they kind of make it sound like he's taking people's body parts and using them yes. as his own, right? Yeah. And I want to yes. say that well, that's he, definitely what's happening. I want to say that he mimics the voice of the person he just that's killed. Uh, like he took their, their vocal, vocal cords. cords. Okay. That makes that's sense. Terrifying. And yeah, and it's horrifying because isn't it? Isn't that the part where it's like he's in the house or whatever and it's really dark and you can't actually see him very well? Probably, yeah. I think that the implication was that he took somebody's vocal cords and yeah, was pretending to be them so that he could lure them in. He's kind of like a mix between the mummy and it because he comes back every certain number of years like it does. Yeah, and then, like, I the think mummy, it's like, like has when to you like, say take the mummy, pieces. you mean like with the, Brendan Fraser? The Brendan Fraser mummy, yeah. Yeah, which I love that movie. Oh yeah, oh, and course. he's collecting all the body parts in that to yeah, like, exactly. rebuild himself. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he has to come back like every twenty-three years or something to feed. He's like a more formidable it because it can be defeated by children, and this guy cannot fucking be stopped. <laughs> well, also, like Cecilia, you were saying you don't really remember that that well, but I think mm-hmm. that this is kind of similar to the one that I'm going to talk about in a minute, but. Like the first movie introduces him, but I think the second movie is really where they give That's you a they lot of explain the backstory. that he comes back and shit. Okay. And that, what I love about that second one is that, like, they show the uh, the farmer who's literally has his husk. You see the husk of the demon like pinned to the wall with his like wings spread, mm-hmm. and he's waiting for him to come back to life so that he can so kill can him kill immediately. Him. Yeah. So like you can crazy. you can kill him, but then. He's still going to reform and come back. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'm not going to lie. I, I thought this film was a lot more whimsical, so I'm probably not... Uh, not at all. I haven't seen it since... <laughs> Wait, whimsical in what way? What What did you watch? <laughs> For some reason, I thought the film was like a little campier, you know? I would say that it's a little bit campier. But like I said, it's been, what, since like middle school since I've seen this? I think the first one is scary. I did not do any second. film review for that. <laughs> the first one is very scary. The only reason that I would consider it campy is because it's got Justin Long in it. Yeah. And I remember when I watched that the first time, <laughs> I was like, why is the dude from Dodgeball in this? And then I was yes, watching me it. Too. Yeah, and like, obviously at the end, he ends up getting caught. And I was just like, how are you going to kill Justin Long? He's such a nice guy. That's what made me not like the movie at first. Is the first? But he does a good job. No, he does a very good job. So, I mean, yeah, that's probably enough for my introduction. Hor- okay. Horrifying flesh-eating demon. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Like I said, I'm... I'm going to probably argue for a spectrum of characters, actually. No, nah, that's not how this the show works. Yeah, that's just not. You you switched from Jiraiya to Itachi on our Naruto episode. Same so. because oh. I changed the rules once. It's just everything. <laughs> yes, I thought the rules no longer apply. I thought you were talking about for this episode. He yeah, I got real I like, nervous. I'm like, I didn't do my homework on that. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I, I could talk about mine next if you want. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I want to talk about the collector from the movie, mm-hmm. the collector. Again, I think the movie itself is what drew me in, but I feel like that character, the character design, like just the way he looks, there's a little bit of backstory to him that's very interesting to me. I think that he had the potential to be 
like a modern horror icon. Like a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super creepy character. The movie itself kind of borders between like a home invasion horror film and then also mm-hmm. like torture porn, which I really don't like. But I will yeah. say that there's a few kills in that movie that are pretty cool. The second movie, The Collection, not as strong. It just straight up relied on the gore, which is not good. But similar to Jeepers Creepers, it kind of gave you a little bit more backstory on the collector. But um, yeah, I'm just going to mostly talk about like his character design and a little bit of that backstory that shows why he deserved to, to have more recognition than he does. Well, Sessie, Matt, I can go now if you want me to. I can go ahead. I'm just going to kind of announce my character. I don't want to say too much because... I don't have a whole lot to say about the character, but I'll get into it whenever it's my turn to discuss. But I'm going to be discussing mm-hmm. Oscar from Let the Right One In. Oh, Oscar. Wait, okay. what? What is this film? Yeah, it's a Swedish Let the film. Right One In. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's not so much based on the character, but just I felt like the movie was really different Mm -hmm. than a lot of what we saw come out during that time period and it had a very interesting storyline being a foreign film there's like a lot of stuff that's not just outright stated so you have to infer a lot of what the story is um Mm -hmm. and i I thought it was a good character i thought i thought both of the main characters uh were good characters and i'll speak a little to both of them but uh i think for a 12 year old in this horror film he's a total badass because yeah yeah he does a lot. <laughs> when she mentioned that earlier, I was actually surprised because I had, I had, like, I knew that there was the boy main character, but yeah, I was expecting her to go with uh, the girl vampire, which is like arguably the the bigger character. Mm-hmm. But Oscar definitely is an interesting little. Dude. I just watched it. I just watched it for the first time yesterday, which it did like strike like lightning that movie because. It was a book written in 2005, and then it became a movie in, like, 2007. Then it became a remake in 2009. Like, it, Oh, my it, God. Yeah, it, it hit quick. Yeah. And I've never seen this. <laughs> yeah, it was big. I actually didn't know it that was it was big a book. Back. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I didn't know that it was a book. It, apparently, so it was a book, and then it gets adapted almost immediately. Because if you think about it, like, if a movie's going to come out two years later, that means it has to be started, like, working on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was a book that almost immediately got adapted into a Swedish film. And then almost immediately, as soon as it got released, got adapted into an American film. Yeah, the what was the American Swedish? film? What was, yeah. uh, Let Me In. Let Me In. Yeah, the, yeah. I never watched the book. The book is called uh, Let Me In. Yeah. I never watched the American one. I know that it's got uh, Chloe Grace Moretz as Chloe. the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, she, really? just done hit, she just done Hit Girl, and yeah. now she, uh, then she well, did that. So I was watching a recap because I had never seen either, and it was comparing mm-hmm. the two. And I saw that too, bro. Apparently, yeah. like, the kid, who is Oscar in mm-hmm. the original... It also shows him as like an old man, and he's oh, wow. he's been serving this vampire his whole life. Yep. Okay, so that's in the Swedish that's version, the American, the American, the American <laughs> version. Oh, okay, because that's what I'm. That's like that's what you infer from this. It's implied yeah. at the end of the Swedish version. Uh, I was gonna Swedish say version. yeah, because in the Swedish version, she has somebody else. She has an old man that starts with uh, her, okay. and then I think and then Oscar takes um, over. Yeah, he kind of takes over for her what I, what I want to start and i don't drink and i don't advocate drinking but if you want to play a drinking game during I this do. episode every time we say in the swedish version take a drink <laughs> and uh, we'll see how drunk you are by the end of this episode we'll try to say it as much as we can in contrast to you not advocating for drinking i do advocate for drinking therefore mm-hmm. you're not, yep matt go ahead and seamlessly introduce your character now that we uh just he wants me to go first Sessie. oh okay <laughs> so 
Yeah. And John, so, you know what? Yeah. As the person who started this podcast, I am going to just say, I don't want you to pick multiple characters, okay? This is my podcast, and uh, I need you to pick one. Look, okay. Who's well, eating then, like a sleeve of Oreos right no, now? No, it's Kit Kats. He's eating Kit no, Kats. No, no, it's Matt actually, it's actually Twizzlers, Kats. so you guys are all fucking wrong. Twizzlers? That's yeah, not even that's worth not even it. a good... Yeah, if you're going to yeah. go with anything and Twizzlers, come on, dude. What a waste. If I like you're sponsored by Twizzlers. There's never been a candy that the chasm between the loudness of the wrapper and the quality of the taste is wider than <laughs> Twizzlers. <laughs> Wait, what's wrong with Twizz? What's wrong with Twizzies? They're trash? Wait, what's wrong they're with Twizzies? Not, they're not good. But, Wait, yeah. why? They they're taste bad? You guys don't like licorice? <laughs> Uh, no. Texture, taste, um, yeah, all those marketing, are all just we all do just need to we do need to say trash. our favorite Halloween candy for this episode, which is oh, uh, Twizzlers. R- Reese's. <laughs> Reese's are decent, but the problem is there's too much wrapping because the yeah, miniatures. The, yeah, no, the minis, the individually wrapped ones, those are the best. No, but the problem is they're too much work. If somebody already peeled them for me, then maybe. Give me a king Good pack God. of Reese's as you're ripping open Twizzlers. What do you mean? <laughs> also. A Twizzler pack is just one rip, and then you have like forty Twizzlers. How many packs are you? No, he, had, Matt? he has individually wrapped Halloween for Twizzlers, Halloween, bro. Yeah. Oh God, just the Slim Jim They're for Twizzlers. Halloween, which, by the way, listeners, it is October twenty fourth currently. Um, okay. Got three hundred so, pieces of candy left to eat. I'm going to argue for one character, which is going to be a twist because I I really 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 love a different character, but I don't think that that character. It just has a strong. It doesn't have a strong enough argument. I don't think one so character you're not speaks. Arguing for your favorite character, just who you think is the best character. I think yeah. I'm trying to. I always do that. I always go for the best character. That's lame though. I think that okay. My favorite character, and I think a character that speaks for itself. I don't have to argue for that much. Patrick Bateman, the main character of American Psycho, which came out at the very beginning of this decade, the 2000s. Do you mean Paul Allen? And no, I mean uh, well, he gets mis- he gets confused by <laughs> for a lot of different people, right? Because they're all interchangeable. Who is Patrick Bateman? He's or does the yuppie. he not know who he is himself? Correct. No, because they they are all a gestalt identity of yuppie capitalist culture. Which, by the way, the most terrifying thing, capitalism. They embody that. Anyway, that movie is mesmerizing. Like when I watch it, I can't do anything else but watch it. It's just so. It, it brings me in, pulls me in so much. I love that movie. I love um, Christian Bale's performance. I think it's my favorite Christian Bale performance. Really? Um, I think so. Oh, yeah, definitely, actually. I, I really love that character. I would say that that's um, probably, now, like, as far as Christian Bale goes, that's one of the roles where, like, I can't distinguish between, like, he, he soaked in that role so heavily. Yes. He, like, really dedicated to it. I also think that Jigsaw deserves to be on this list, and no one selected Jigsaw. Which blows my mind because he's so definitive for this 2000s era. Like, he's the one that gets the most, I think, franchise repeats. Like, there's so many Saw movies. But and that's I my hate, issue with Jigsaw. I hate is torture that porn. I feel like the farther you get into it, the more that they develop the character. But I feel like it's just the worse the character gets. Oh, I like, agree. I agree. And I will... I I don't, that, I, I'm not arguing that the sequels make him better. In fact, I think the original and maybe like one sequel that gives you a little more backstory might make him better but really the character as i thought more about who the character is i really enjoyed it because it is torture porn and it sucks that it did kind of revive the torture porn genre a little bit and like mainstream it Mm -hmm. um because i don't like torture porn but he is a character that actually like some thought went into him like he's not just like killing people like he literally has an ideology 
he they're like there are philosophers who agree with his the concepts that he's actually peddling. Um, maybe they don't agree, might not agree with his actions, but they like there's a philosophical line that he is staying on, which is pretty interesting to me. And so, I don't know. I'm gonna probably go back and forth and mention both of those characters throughout the whole thing. My favorite character, Patrick Bateman, but I think Jigsaw is a very strong character for the 2000s horror. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about both of them throughout. Problem is those films okay. suck. <laughs> I think American <laughs> I Psycho is a very very good movie. Yeah, you're saying that the Saw so, movies suck yeah. though. Yeah, they're just I think not that, good. I think the first one is. Super First one's all solid. right. I think it's solid. Like, I don't. I think the ending twist is not really a, a that as clever as people think it is. But the ending twist. I feel like when I watched it the first time, he's sitting in the I, middle of the room the whole time. Yeah. It's like okay, cool. <laughs> like as a dead body, he literally, if for no other reason, he the laid fact there that for that hours. Man, <laughs> yes, the man that that dedication to not move. Incredible. Well, and the 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 twist in the movie is that you think he's speaking to them through a, um, oh, you know a. A PA system the whole time and the cops are like looking for him so you're like are the cops going to find him before he kills these two guys and then you're like oh no they're not because it's a recording and he's just in the middle of the room and yeah. like just the the last moment where like the one dude leaves to go get help or whatever and you think that it's good and then he gets up and closes the door like that shot was so dope yep. Yep. And terrifying. And uh, speaking of the end, the film score of that movie is also iconic. Dun 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 dun. Like, yeah. Are you doing so, that? Um, no, that was um, that was Saul. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Right. That uh, I just want to also real quick point out that the director on that one, James Wan. Oh yeah, James like, Wan. That, like didn't that start his career or no? He. That's what launched him. And what sucks is that he's mostly been attached to pretty crappy projects since then. Yeah. Um, what else? He's definitely he one of those people that just got attached to it. Like he he did that Dead Silence movie where it's uh-huh. like dolls that are alive or something. He also did Aquaman, which is one of the worst horror films I've ever seen. Uh, Jason <laughs> Momoa was not scary. So no. <laughs> yeah, he did Insidious. He did Saul. Um, he did The Conjuring. All right, Matt. You've got we got nowhere else to go. So. Tell us who your character is. So what's funny is we've already sort of touched on it. Uh, the 2007 crime drama mystery Zodiac. No way. Nice. No, I'm just, oh, fuck, shit. I'm just fucking It's kidding. Greg? Absolutely not. It's Greg? Yeah, Greg the killer? I think I actually tried to look it up, and it was like Gary or something fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Gary. It's Gary. Oh, yeah, Gary. But, if I got killed by somebody named Gary, I would just... But you wouldn't know his name was Gary, which makes it terrifying. Yelling Gary. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, but it's not Zodiac. Featuring Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Fuck that. Look, I was looking at all these films, and I thought to myself, what would be a good film? Because there aren't any good horror films. You know oh. what I'm saying? There just aren't any. No. Not that I enjoy it. But I found something that was pretty good. I think you guys are actually going to quite like this, because it's adjacent to other cool stuff. And the it's film says about them. It's Jason X. Oh. That's what I thought he said, too. <laughs> No, but actually, uh, the character I think is the best character in all of 2000s horror is Coraline Ooh. from the film Coraline, <laughs> which uh, is based upon you, the novel by Neil Gaiman. Did you happen to rent Coraline on Amazon Prime last night? I did. <laughs> because I was, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I was wondering uh, who rented that on my account. I was trying to determine. <laughs> it was me because I was thinking the about it. And I was like, there. okay. <laughs> I could talk about Pan's Labyrinth, but you know what would be even better than that? American Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> Am I wrong? Is that, is that what Coraline is? I mean, I figure like... It's there's... written by a British author, too. 
I think there's a lot of similarities. I'm not lie. I I just found out that that was a Neil Gaiman story literally yeah. weeks ago when John mentioned that. I had no idea. Really? I thought that that was a Tim Burton fever dream. Wait, no, Tim Burton's not even involved in Coraline, is he? No. Wasn't he an executive producer? If it's stop motion and it's creepy, I just assume it's Tim Burton. Well, oh, I will yeah, say, no, no, I will say that, that Coraline is scary. It is. I've never seen that film, so unfortunately I can't speak to it. I've not seen it in a long time. Well, it's rented for the next... Uh, yeah, we got 24 hours to watch uh, it. I got 24 hours to Yeah, you should have told me you were renting it. I uh, could have watched it. No. Sorry, Keith David is in that movie? Well, no, That's because awesome. it's... Uh, the cat. It's stop motion. Oh, and Ian McShane. Ian McShane is also in it. No, I actually do think Coraline's a pretty good film. I don't know if it's oh, a yeah, good... Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, Does a, it it's a good film, horror, right? It's terrifying. I would say classified as flam- family slash horror. So <laughs> family slash horror. I think that's the only the film that falls in that category. Well, that's what I was going to say too. And maybe it needed to do this, but the 2000 generation, now we can, I guess we can start talking about it. Is there's a lot of horror plus something else in the 2000s. And shouldn't so it be like, that way? Absolutely. So like, Ceci, your movie yeah, mine is... Yeah, romance. Which what sounds like it doesn't make sense. Uh, Let the Right One In is classified as horror the, the romance. The Swedish version. The Swedish version uh, of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, just be aware that we are actually talking about the Swedish version right now. The are you Swedish talking about version? the Swedish okay. version of Let the Right One In? <laughs> yeah. uh, only the Swedish version moving Not forward. Not to exactly. be confused with the American Let Me In. But, Ceci, <laughs> you chose Oscar, which, um, which is how they say it in the Swedish version. Oscar. Oh, yeah. Um, There's that hard K. And also, I was I was looking at something that that says that Ellie, who is like El, Ellie or Eli, that we don't actually know if that is a girl. I don't know. Did you you ever see that there, or pick up on that? Yeah, there's like a scene where it very cuts, creepy scene. Yeah, very creepy. Uh, that was a scene that I did not want to see. Yeah. No. Yeah, it was uh, not received well in my house either. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like a like like a, a genital cut. scar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they it show us a genital scar. Yeah, for for so that you understand, Matt, there is a point where it shows <sighs> the girl changing, and it just yes. shows her genitals, but it's just like a smooth Ken doll but with is scars it, so, on it. Mm-hmm. So because she says she, she says I'm not a girl, and you think that that means that oh she's a vampire, so she's not a girl. But then there's a lot of I was looking at stuff that was saying that she might not be a girl; she might be a boy. According to the recap I watched, they were. Yeah, castrated as a young boy. In the book. I'm guessing. Yeah, so in the movie, we we don't know if they actually were intending her to be a girl or if they were saying that she's a boy and she just looks androgynous or what it is. And I say she, I should just say they. Yeah, there's so many layers to that. That's like Yeah, there's a lot to that movie. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I don't even, like, I don't, why, why would that be a thing? I guess because of her age, like, maybe she lived in a, or they lived in a time where that was like something that they did like they just turned them into a eunuch or something i don't yeah i don't know so many questions that are posed that just don't get answered right and i don't mind that actually no no definitely gives like a good sense of mystery to the entire thing there's a scene where oscar is uh dealing with his father who like starts sharing drinks with this guy that guy was so creepy yeah that guy was creepy and i was wondering what they were trying to say with that was like that his dad had left the mom for like a gay relationship or what it was i was trying to figure out what it what it was but I mean, Oscar leaves because he's like, oh, yeah, my dad's drinking again. I'm just going to leave. And then he goes home and the girl on the review video was like, uh, you know, they don't really explain anything about how he gets home. I'm like, I don't need to see how he gets home. I get it. He left. 
Like, I don't need He, he hitchhikes. Yeah, he the hitchhikes. Show, yeah. Also, the entire thing takes place in a, like a pretty small town. I feel like you see him yes. just wandering around the town quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's it's so <clears throat> such a terrible place for a vampire to be like doing its business is a place where like everyone knows each other. It doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. It's a like, bad it's, idea. It's very clear when people start going missing. Well, the guy at the very beginning is just like terrible at his duties. That's why I'm like, was he with her since he was 12? Because yeah. he's obviously not good at this or has he gotten worse in time? Like, he's, like, getting caught every turn. Like, he's just making the worst decisions for murdering people he in a small town. He makes terrible. He makes terrible decisions. Yeah. So, Matt, he's, like, what is the what is the word for, the, like, when the vampire has a human that they keep with them? It's their um, something. Familiar. Is it their familiar? I thought that's, like, a witch's no, summon. No, familiar is the correct word. I, I can't think there's another word. If you watched uh, what, what we, we do, do in the, the shadows. shadows. <laughs> well, but I feel like there's another term um, that there I've heard is. before. There is. I know Thrall. A thrall, yeah. No? I feel like there's a lot of words that could be used. Well, anyway. You're me there's a like particular word? In the American version, it shows the old man, and it showed a clip where he said, I think I almost want to get caught because I'm tired of doing this. Okay, that makes more sense, actually. Because, yeah, he's doing some really stupid things in the movie. Yeah. Also, I feel like in, in most cases of familiars in vampire movies, it's a thing where it's, you know, they do the bidding for a certain time for the promise of being turned into a vampire. Whereas in this one, it almost just seems like the old man is her caretaker. Like, right. Well, and I don't if, think there's even a promise to be turned into a vampire. I feel like he's just doing it to take care of her. Yeah. It seems like he's like affectionate to her in some way. And that's like, why, like, I'm not sure if, if they, they were together as bond, children. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. if they were like as children and then like, it well, just kind of morphed as he turned older, or and in the book, in the book, he's a pedophile, I think. Oh, God. Uh, oh okay, because I got that vibe too, but I didn't want to go there. Yeah, in the book, he is a pedophile. So, like, maybe they fell in love when he was a kid, and he now just continues to have an affection for kids. In the book, um, in the show, in the movie, they cut that out because they, it's just a distraction. Like, it's very weird and doesn't isn't necessary for the main plot. But yeah, that movie's pretty cool. I, I liked it. It's not scary necessarily. But it is horror for sure because it's just I will say grotesque. The one part that I found horrifying, and it's it's funny because it's not even the vampire that's being horrifying, but Oh, the I kids, mean, Oscar, the bullies. Yeah, exactly. Oscar is yeah. dealing with bullies the entire time. And they're not just school bullies. Like the scene that always stuck with me is when he's swimming at the public pool and they literally are just starting to drown him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so- no, it's it's very intense. I love that scene. So the reason why I chose him as a character is because he's kind of a total badass. I mean, like, he makes out with a vampire as, as a 12-year-old. Yes. He, he, like, stands up to these school bullies. He, like, can hold his breath for a super long time. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. He's he neglected. Just, like, he, he faces all these challenges and, like, hardships, and he just, like, keeps trucking along. Like, he's just this really weird little kid, but... He faces some really hard circumstances. He's neglected by his parents, yeah. Yeah, his parents neglecting him. He's just, like, really small. He's got these bullies that are, like, harassing him, like, pretty much trying to kill him. I mean, they try to, like, get him into, like, the ice um, underwater. And and through all of that, he's still, he's he's a total badass. And that that scene with the pool, like, so the, the bullies are horrifying, but then also the fact that like, in most horror movies, you don't see children die. 
I feel like that's usually yeah. the cutoff point. Yeah. And in that scene, like, don't you literally see the bully's head just fall, fall in the into water? The pool, yeah. Yeah. Like, she messes She just decapitates and, yeah. him. Yeah. I always love that scene, though. I thought. Like, oh, he's, that seems yeah, awesome. He's just underwater, and then all of a sudden, just blood and a freaking head floating. Like, I think that movie is very well directed. The shots, it's got some great shots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I wanted to speak to it more as a movie than like any specific character. I'm just going to pick that character. Um, yeah, I think Oscar's but, great. I think Yelling I think what you could said, have yeah, also about been him, like too. the fact that he's so self sufficient and bond that he forms with her, I definitely think he is. Honestly, I'd completely forgotten like the character's name and everything, but. Thinking about it now, I'm like, yeah, no, that kid, he, he sticks with you, well, too. He's a weird little dude, but he's interesting. Yeah, and that, both those characters are, like, kind of haunting in their own way. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that bully is the scariest part of the movie, um, oh, yeah. too. So how old is, is the vampire? Is she a pedophile? She's supposed to be, like, 12, but... Uh, 12, yeah, when you're yeah. a vampire, you're eternally 12. I mean, yeah. that's the thing that you're sucks. Saying, you're saying, saying like your mind doesn't age? Older. It doesn't seem like it. Honestly, she seems... Oh, she's still, like, immature? She, she seems childlike, but she does seem more exposed than he is because there is a point where she, like, crawls into bed with him and she, like, she's yeah. the one who kisses him mm. and then they're, like, alone in this uh, kind of abandoned place together and she's like, oh, what did you bring me here to do? Is there, so she's definitely, like, more... Yeah. Am obviously. I mistaken or is there, like... Am I, am I just remembering this incorrectly? But isn't there a scene where, like... She's like supposed to be masturbating on the other side of the wall or something. I don't. No, I don't remember that. That was not there. Nope. What okay, did you so watch? Weird, awkward. I watched the. Uh, I, I don't know. Not is the this Swedish in the American or the Swedish so, version? Yeah. <laughs> I need I to know. I watched the uh, the underground version. It's the Italian yeah, version. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's something else. Hi, podcast listeners. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but I wanted to let people that are first-time listeners know that we have plenty of episodes in our catalog for you to check out. This is our third horror episode. We, we already did an episode on the best horror characters of the 90s, and we did a one on the 80s. So if you like horror, check those out, but there's plenty of other episodes to check out as well. We've done Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. We've done more niche things like BoJack Horseman, The Giver, and we've got plenty of episodes left coming out this season like The Office... Teen Titans. We figure out who the best character is on Amazon's The Boys. So if you're not already a subscriber, hit the subscribe button, please, and and check out some other episodes. Also, don't forget to stay tuned to the very end when we choose the best character in all of 2000s horror. All right, back to the show. You're picking the main girl from Coraline? Is that who you're doing? The character's name is Coraline. Okay, Coraline. Duh. I'm stupid. Um, but yeah, tell <laughs> us about. Tell us more about her. What makes her special? It's a good film. Like I said, I haven't seen it in a while, too, and that's why I didn't even really think about it what is the we whole, talking about. What is the whole deal with her fantasy world? Like, why is she going there? What do you mean, why is she going there? It's for the same reason that oh anybody goes to a fantasy <laughs> world, dude. I okay. told you it was exactly the same as... Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Well, it's not exactly the same. So she has a stepfather who's... Oh, she has parents, uh, and they're not abusive or horrible or anything like that, but they certainly They're just kind of really... neglectful, right? Yeah, they're just a little bit neglectful. They're very focused on their work. Um, they're not very supportive of her creative tendencies, tendencies and things of that sort. So that's sort of the fantasy world sort of thing like that. But I don't really care about any of that stuff. The story itself is, I don't know, it's kind of like a mix of Alice in Wonderland and Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, but what I want to talk about when it comes to Coraline is the movie itself. She finds this other world, right? The other side 
Um, and it's sort of like a mirror universe where there's this figure called the Other Mother. And it's just got your typical sort of uh, escapism elements and things of that sort. But it's also just legitimately a very scary film. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that like a big thing in that movie is um, in the other side or whatever in the alternate universe. Uh-huh. Like the, the Other Mother has button eyes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Super fucking scary. Was, the aesthetic like, is her, terrifying. Her whole thing is, doesn't isn't she literally like taking the eyes out of children so her her thing is the other mother is trying to lure kids in this house i i don't remember what it's called it's like these pink apartments and she lures them into her universe offers them all these things that they don't get in the real world and then yes you know cuts a deal with them as sort of like that i think that's what's horrifying about the movie is you're you're watching like a young girl and the whole time you're watching it like Mm -hmm. at first she goes there and she's like oh this place is awesome but you're watching it and you're like, no, it's clearly not awesome. You're going to be killed. Like, you need to stop doing this. And so it's terrifying to watch her just get closer and closer to this spider's web, basically, that she's going and she's falling into. Yeah, and I think the character design of the other mother, once her power sort of breaks down, after they make that deal and play the game and she's winning, Coraline's winning, see, she does have like a lot of spidery elements and things like that. And what's really cool about that film, actually, is that there's a lot of... I don't know. The visuals are really, really nice in that film. I was sort of just watching on the side at the beginning while I was doing something else. But then I decided to just sit down and kind of actually watch because it was actually really good. The The color palettes are all really good in that film. Um, they sort of change. Uh, you know how like in, um, I guess even in like Wizard of Oz, sort of when you go to Oz, right, everything becomes sort of color and things like that. There's elements of that. But you also notice that even though the colors change between the other world and the real world, there's also a lot of similarities and things of that sort. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's supposed to be like some sort of like underpinned message of, you know, when you go to the other side, things aren't even going to be as good as you think they're going to be type thing. But I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Grass. Yeah. The grass was greener kind of thing. I don't know what there's necessarily to say about Coraline. I think that as far as the character itself, she has a lot of the traits that are very typical of a young female heroine. Like she's creative. She... Um, and you said she overcomes in the end by she wins a game? What, what's the... Yeah. Basically, uh, they... Well, she wants to escape, right? She figures out that, obviously, she, she has a lot of, I guess, um, power over the situation herself, whereas a lot of kids are sort of subjected to the whims of, of whatever forces are trying to move them around, right? Because if you think of, like, in Pan's Labyrinth, she's just sort of a girl that's uh, exists at the whim of all these other powerful beings under, uh, that sort of control her life. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Coraline, she actually... I mean, she's the one who actually chooses to go out and seek this other world. She can leave whenever she wants. Uh, so what and ends up happening kind is... Of, what's isn't up? it like implied that she's the one that, that made that world? That creates like, the world? Her, I think so, yeah. probably. Something like that. Well, no, because also, I mean, part of the thing is that kids previously that had existed in that apartment had been taken by the other mother already. That's part of it. Mm, true. I, I like the character. She has a lot of, like I said, things that are the same, but just a little bit adjusted. And I really like the art of the film. I And a brand knows I fucking hate stop motion just in general. <laughs> stop motion might That's be true. my least favorite fucking thing in the world. But you know what? I, I kind of was able to look past it uh, for this film. I actually, just so good. in that film, I really like uh, her best friend, Wybie, which I found out that that character isn't even like in the book. They made him specifically for the movie. Yes. But he has um, he has like a mask that has like a projector on it where he like turns it and it it's a very creepy I, I saw how they animated it and it's just a super cool like process to make it happen but 
uh, Nightmare Before Christmas like, is stop motion. I saw that it was. Yeah, I fucking hate Nightmare Before Christmas. I saw Whoa. that they actually uh, 3D printed a lot of the parts they used for the uh, yeah um, for the movie, which is pretty cool. So I was dead set on on Patrick Bateman because he represents so much of what I hate, and he does it so perfectly. Like he's a satire. That character is a satire of capitalism and fucking materialism and all that shit. Mm-hmm. He's literally like eating and murdering poor people and women. Like he's he's very abusive uh, and sexist, misogynistic, and all that stuff. Wait, like, did you say he eats people? He does eat. There, there's like think, a scene. I don't think you ever see it, but he admits it when he's calling his lawyer or whatever. Right. He says he ate him or whatever. Oh. He wow. and he finally confesses to like all the murders he's done, and he starts crying, and he's like. I even ate a little bit or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't remember that part. Holy yeah. And I do remember him confessing, but. He's so disgusting because he literally, like, it's kind of, I don't know. It's a satire of, of reality, which that, to me, makes it even more terrifying because, like, you're watching it and you don't realize what you're watching, but you're just watching reality. A super rich, powerful guy who commits murder and even admits to committing murder and he gets away with it. We mentioned Robert Durst earlier. Robert Durst admitted to murdering a guy in Texas, but he got away with it because he had so much money and such good lawyers. Like, mm-hmm. he literally calls his lawyer and tells him, and the guy's like, oh, no. He and, laughs and it off. He laughs it off. And there's a moment where you're like, did he actually kill his people? But I think he did. I think that the movie really sets you up for, like, they all get confused with each other because they're all the same fucking piece of shit. Like, but it's so bizarre at the end when he goes back to the yeah. apartment because he is trying to— But that like, woman, it, she berates him. It, yeah, he's trying to admit what he did, and the apartment is perfectly cleaned out and repainted, and mm-hmm. the realtor is like, I think you should leave. And so he can't even, like, accept what he's done because yeah. it just yeah. got erraced. I will That's also what I'm saying. Say that Patrick, go ahead. Him, sorry, him, like, murdering the homeless people. And, and like, prostitutes. Yeah, and prostitutes, like, people who, that are That's considered lower in society, and the fact that, yeah, like... That's absolutely something that happens regularly where oh yeah these people just you know because they're not considered an important part of society their their murders never get searched up exactly um and the sex scenes in that movie are what made me insanely uncomfortable like when he looks at himself in the mirror exactly (laughs) like all that was just so grotesque and I want to point out that that movie is like what's something that surprises a lot of people is that it's directed by a woman. And, yes, and, and written you know, and, and the screenplay and written, is written yeah. by a woman the screenplay is written by a woman yeah and it's one of the most like disgusting and oh, intense I think, movies oh on purpose yeah i think that yeah. to, and I, I don't know Ceci, you can speak to it if you if you how you feel about when you're watching it but i think the characters that we actually we don't get very much emotion from any of the male characters they're all pieces of shit mm-hmm. but whenever you're watching that movie the prostitutes like we really get to see like the terror in their faces and stuff like that i think that and the women get treated so poorly in that movie Anytime oh, yeah. there's not I, a woman on the scene, and, and I feel like that movie is horrifying. Like, some people say it's not a scary movie, but I think if you are a woman, that movie is terrifying because it's saying that, like, if you're a rich, white, powerful man, you can get away with killing women and treating them however you want. It doesn't matter. No, it's, it's a pretty terrifying movie. I only watched it once uh, not too long ago, um, but I walked away from it just like, what the Ugh. fuck? Yeah, what it's gross. What the fuck? And yeah, I just felt super gross. And I was like, this is one of those movies that you have to, like, watch more than once to really, like, get, like, understand what's trying to be 
said, and I was like, and I have no desire ever to go back and watch this oh, movie really? again. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, he, the uh, I'd say the rich women also don't have much personality no. going on. His fiance is just concerned about like appearances and, you know, doing like popular stuff in public. Right, and then his like girlfriend on the side is just constantly drugged out. No, it's it's that movie. The villain is not even Patrick Bateman, in my opinion, because Patrick Bateman tries to to admit at the end what's going on. It's the just that is, society. It's society. It's society and capitalism, and like literally, if you are a rich white man, you can't do wrong. You can't, even if you're the worst human being ever, you still get away with murder. Uh, I was yeah. gonna say one thing that I've heard about when they were making the film that it was like surprised me is a uh, Willem Dafoe's character. Oh yeah. 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 I've heard that they recorded like whenever they were doing takes the multiple scenes. Yeah. They would yeah. do one where they, where it was implied that um, the detective knew that Patrick did it. One where he was thinking Patrick did it, but he wasn't sure. And one where he had no idea that Patrick did it. Yeah. And they would kind of, you know, mix those takes together so that you can never actually know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I walked away from it. Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And I have to go back and watch it, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but I don't think, like, rewatching it doesn't help because no, yeah. it's, no. it's made to be where you don't know. Mm, but yeah, the thing is, is, it's not just but, confusing, but it's intentional. But again, it's a critique on society because we know that these people are getting away with murder, and they're still getting away with murder. Like, it doesn't matter if you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's terrifying. So that's Patrick Bateman, and uh, also the fucking monologues are just so good. The the beginning, yeah, the he, opening we, scene where he describes his regimen. I mean, <laughs> consumerism. As he, pe- as he peels off that like, oh, yeah, face, he says, that face mask, and he yeah. just has that dead blank stare. It's yeah, so he says good. he says that I'm not real. Yeah, he basically is saying like I am. Like there's, I am just a part of this like i said gestalt personality this this like thing we're all the same we're all looking for the same thing who can have the most who can quote the most like music culture like it, it's it's all empty it's it's so I empty will, i will say his musical taste slaps though <laughs> yeah, you have to talk about the scene you have to talk about the huey lewis like that whole oh, monologue, that monologue huey lewis bill collins whitney houston it's all yeah. bangers it's i mean it's so if good. like Okay, sure, he killed some people, but he can throw a party playlist together. So maybe yes. that's why we can forgive him for his mistakes. My you know? my favorite line. There's so many good lines, and and, and uh, Christian Bale delivers delivers them so well. But my favorite line is whenever he gasps. He doesn't even gasp. He like just like moans whenever the card gets presented. Yes, and, and he <laughs> yes. he moans and is so upset about it. And I love that line so much because it's just so it's so absurd. But yeah, someone gets killed over that, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's Patrick Bateman. I fucking I think that character's great, and I love that that movie and that story. All right, Lou, I watched The Collector, and I thought that that was a. <laughs> I'm getting so much negative feedback on this. Yeah, all right? I'm I, sorry I made you watch it. Okay? I, I thought it was like a C-rate movie, but tell me about the character and why it collected you. <laughs> so oh, no. okay, you want to talk about? That. You talked about like. Two characters. I will say that I also really liked Arkham, his character, the uh, the main person in that film. So the hero, the the protagonist kind of. The yeah. Thief. It, well, that's the, the thing. Like, he's a thief, and you 
not really a character you want to root for. Like, so the whole no. thing is he's like a day laborer working for this rich family who like trusts him and they, you know, they accept him. They think he's a good guy, even though he's like an ex felon and everything. But then you find out that his wife is like, or his ex wife is in debt to a bookie and like needs to get the money immediately. And so out of desperation, like he only has until midnight that night to be able to get the money. So he goes back to the house that he was working at to be able to uh, steal like a, some of their, like they have a jewel, I think that he's trying to get or whatever. Um, so that character is interesting to me because you kind of want to root for him, but you also don't really, because he's definitely taking advantage. Um, and then, yeah, the film, I will say that me and Cecilia rented that movie on a whim. Like we just found it one time and we watched it. We had no idea going into it. So it starts off and you almost think it's going to be like a home invasion thing where he's ends up being a worse guy than you realize yeah and then while the home invasion stuff is going on like you find out that there's a serial killer that's also in the house yeah i thought that was interesting all these traps i I love that setup because it turns so quickly what you don't see in the first movie that they kind of talk more about in the second movie you find out that he's an entomologist and that's why he like collects people like in the second movie they go to his his hideout, which is like an abandoned factory, and you see that he literally like has displays where he puts corpses on display as if they're like bugs in a museum, where he huh. like flays them and puts them on display, and that's what his collection is. Mm. In the first movie, they really say that his collection is that just one time that he goes, yeah, exactly, he goes into a house and he kills everybody except one person, which I also found extremely terrifying. He carries that red trunk around with him, and just like nails people like he he puts the cuffs around them but nails them into it so they can't leave yeah um so the grotesqueness of the film obviously like sticks with you i don't like some of the over the top the if you watch the second movie the first movie is like nothing compared to it i think it i think honestly the concept is not what i hate as much i think that or not i don't hate any part of it really it was just fine but I think the visual effects and stuff like that. I think if it had a bigger budget, it could have been done better. Yeah, and I and that's another. Some thing of it's that, okay. Like, it's this film it's has twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying one, that the collector, the collector, right? Two thousand nine yeah. horror slash thriller. I'm not saying that that is an end all be all. No, but you know, I didn't hate it. And I definitely think that critic wise, yeah, that's that's what it deserves it probably deserves lower to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, but for you're horror junkies by the you're, i'm intrigued by the character and for horror junkies like i think that it delivers what you're going in for on most levels and then there's also mm-hmm. another thing that i love about that film so arkham gets out right like he he makes yeah. it out. so again i'm kind of i'm between arkham and the collector himself i think the collector's design his glowing eyes which they don't really explain at all his mm-hmm. weird leather mask. Oh, yeah, like they very don't explain that. BDSM. Right. It's all very creepy. The design of the character is cool. But then in Arkham, he gets out of the house. Like, he, he makes it He's out. He's also fucking like a master knife thrower or some shit. Like, oh, yeah. His, and he has like trained dogs and stuff. It's, yeah, the that dog is just comes a, out of nowhere. And that's another thing that they don't really, like, in the second movie, he literally like fist fights mercenaries. And it's, it's weird. But God Arkham damn. himself. He gets out of the house, but then he sees the little girl is still in the house because she's been hiding the whole time. The daughter of the family, right? And he like he had formed a bond with her because he has a daughter that's the same yeah, age. Yeah, exactly. 
What you might not know, John, is that there's a cut of the film where when he makes it out of that house, he turns around and sees the little girl in the window and he just leaves. Oh, shit. <laughs> they cut the last 30 minutes out of the film and he just leaves. And that's how it ends with him leaving the girl in the house. What the wow. fuck? Wow. Yeah, that's one of the cuts of the film. And it literally, so Damn. it's only like about an hour and 10 minutes because they just cut off the rest. <laughs> but then, yeah, the actual cut, he goes back in and he gets her. And then he's the one that gets taken at the end. Um, yeah. And yeah, just, but the I was very frustrated. Like a, I, I thought that so many of those deaths and moments, I, I don't know. I thought there were so many moments where he could have actually killed the collector and didn't. There were so many moments where he was mean? like sitting there like under a table and he's like, oh shit, I can't move. And he's watching the collector kill somebody, and I'm like, "You're right there, bro. Get up and." But because and... of all the traps, and because of the fact that the collector is, <laughs> for some reason, insanely overpowered. Like he even Arkham, while he's watching people die, he's like, t- like the the girl, the the teenage daughter that comes home. Yeah. Like he sees her and tries to tell her not to do something because he is being aware of the traps. Yeah. And yet she still gets killed. And then again in the second movie, just. So they talk about how he's an entomologist and there's also kind of like a backstory where the collector's father was also like um, like a scientist and somebody who worked in a museum. Like he was a museum curator and there's a little bit of backstory. You see some like newspaper clippings about how you never see the collector's name. You never get any information about – you never see his face either. Even towards the end of that second film, like basically Arkham makes it out again. But his whole thing is like, I'm going to find this guy and I'm going to kill him. So he looks up all the registered entomologists in a 50 mile radius and mm-hmm. just like basically goes door to door until because he's also in the first movie. They mentioned that he's the only one that saw him without his mask. He recognized that the collector was another one of the day laborers that was there working, um, like removing a wasp nest because, again, he's an entomologist. Uh, and so basically at the end of the second one, Arkham finds him. You never see his face. You see the collector but like Arkham, open the door. Arkham got collected though, right? So he gets collected at the end of the first one. It starts out with a huge club scene that's like very reminiscent of uh, there's a Hellraiser scene where Hellraiser kills an entire or Pinhead kills an entire club full of people. <laughs> um, and the collector does the same thing in the, oh se- my God. the sequel. Like he literally has um, like saw blades that come out of the ceiling and he kills an entire <laughs> club. It's ridiculous. Oh my God. It's so bad. This no, sounds you wanna, like a, a B-rated film. Uh, you want to get even better when they get to... So basically Arkham gets released and the collector kidnaps a, a teenage girl who was at the club. And then Arkham gets hired or like forced by some mercenaries to go find her. It's very much like they turn it into like a Doom slash Resident Evil deal where the collector has like minions that he's drugged and they're basically like zombie people that attack. It's very bad. I, I hate it. Jesus. But yeah, so basically the entire middle part where they're at his warehouse is just dog shit. <laughs> but then at the end when Arkham is like, even though he makes it out, he's like, I'm going to find this dude because I don't want this to happen to anybody else. Uh, and yeah, you get some more of that backstory. So again, like character design, I just think that that, that suit, the way that the dude sets traps, his whole motive and wanting to collect people i think he's a terrifying character and i think that if they had not gone the torture porn route and if they had focused more on the character development and and like you were saying john you don't there's like a lot of things that don't like why yeah why is he a throwing knife expert why is he (laughs) like a a dog training like (laughs) he has a freaking he's he he, he like throws knives with such crazy accuracy he's like a jason character 
What do you mean? He's like an unstoppable juggernaut. Well, see, and that's that's the other thing too is that like he, he's really not in the second one because there's multiple times where he gets fought off. Like he, he gets runs injured. away. Yeah, he kind of retreats into his. Oh, but he again, doesn't do that in the first one. Yeah, because he's in his own like warehouse where he has all these traps and stuff set up. He's yeah, able to traps, like retreat yeah. and then come back and then you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I really like the character design. I really thought that. He was creepy. The first time you see him, like when you see Arkham in this house, and you're like, okay, he's invaded the house. But then you just see that there's somebody else in there. That shocked mm-hmm. me the first time I watched it, and I thought it was a, a really cool concept. Yeah, that's a really cool concept, and it could have been a good storyline, but they could have like toned it way down. You used to be hardcore Cecilia. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I watched. I just watched the recap, and I was like, no. It's too much. Yeah. It's, well, don't feel it bad. It's out of hand. I don't even like the idea of American Psycho anymore, so we're all well, just getting old. You know, I do want to talk about Jeepers Creepers, but I feel like we're talking about trap making, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a civil engineer who gets diagnosed with cancer, and his marriage falls apart, and then he tries to kill himself, and then Gary, he survives. No, this is a... <laughs> this is... This is... Jigsaw, which what's his actual name? You can't argue it, for two characters. <laughs> Jigsaw, what's his name? Do they? I, mean, I feel like I feel like most of us have argued for two characters. I kind of almost argued for yeah. two uh, characters. His name is John John Kramer. John oh, Kramer, yeah. he almost dies uh, by suicide, but he survives, and he goes through a very painful car accident, survives it, and he comes out the other side. A changed person and he's got a new philosophical perspective which is Uh that if you know now that he's gone through this near-death experience he's seen that he was being a little whiny baby that he needed to see death and overcome it in order to really appreciate life and what is he doing he's kind of like the buddha he (laughs) has seen nirvana and he's seen nirvana and now he's coming back he could have just accepted nirvana and and lived a happy life but he's decided to come back and teach enlightenment to others and so what is he doing he's putting them through near-death experiences as well having them overcome that so that they can see and appreciate life more fully and really that is i mean the truth of the matter is, is that life is precious because of suffering and because it has a time limit and he's trying to teach people that um, if they can overcome suffering and if they can see that there is a limit, then they will finally appreciate their own lives. Is that a part so, of the film? I don't remember that part of the yeah, film. Yeah, that's what John Kramer's but, doing. But yeah. He says that, but then really in the first film, it's not so much about him trying to make people appreciate life as it is him judging people's lives. He judges oh, no, people and thinks that, like the in the first film, if, am I mistaken? Or doesn't, doesn't it show backstory of like all the fucked up things the other people have done to each other? Yes. And that's why he's doing it to yes. like, he's, he's talking like he's, yeah, like he's the boot, which honestly, John, he I think it's Buddha. kind of funny. It's funny because in the second and third and whatever, there's a character that is like his disciple. Exactly. He, he, she he has got tortured and she got tortured and then realized like, oh yeah, and no, she obtains enlightenment. Light. This is a thing. She obtains that's, enlightenment. That's yes. John. I think I've only seen up to maybe Saw 3 and I don't remember because i don't know i feel like the whole point of those films is just honestly it sounds more to me like he's one of those people that's like well i suffered growing up so everyone else should yeah and i was gonna say um a really bad car crash he suffered 
Um, but making somebody saw off their own limb might be a little bit more hardcore than a car yeah. accident. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, the car accident he got into, he had a piece of metal impale his body, and he had to pull it out himself and crawl back, like, up to the hospital and stuff like that. So he does go through quite a bit of physical he torture. He makes somebody's rib cage explode in one of the films. I feel like there's a there's a little bit of a disconnect between what he experienced and what he's making others experience. You know, he's a civil engineer. He's trying to use his engineering talents. He's putting them to good use. And uh, he's just trying to make the world a better place because if everyone could just realize how precious life is and how they're wasting their life, then we could all um, appreciate it better and, and do better things. Uh, but yeah, his disciples always fail. That's another trope, trope of the film. And many times it's because they don't allow people a chance to escape the traps. They make traps that are unes- inescapable. Uh. And um, he punishes one of his disciples for doing that because she is be- she's being vindictive rather than... Um, a prophet then, uh, yeah. like he Pedagogical. is. But doesn't he <laughs> yeah, also... Exactly. This argument is Even... making me worry for John. Cecilia's <laughs> <laughs> so worried about you, John. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've, you know, I think you do have to go through some hardships to appreciate things. I think that's true. But I was going to say, also... I so, don't yeah, think you do. I, I remember him... <laughs> I remember him uh, getting on to his disciple for making an inescapable trap. But he also pins people against each other, meaning that at least one person isn't going to survive it. He makes people choose between each other which is not like what it, you're making somebody decide if their life is more valuable than the other person's I how could is that be wrong i could be how wrong is that but i like think the Buddha? that sounds like he's a capitalist you have to compete to survive <laughs> exactly <laughs> sounds like squid games he's bro. taking it i could he's be wrong but i think there's always a way out for every character that he the traps that he creates I thought it was like you have to get the key to your chains in the stomach of the other person and, and shit. He does that sometimes. Or something like that. You have to kill someone makes, else so you can survive. Exactly. He definitely does that. He, One lady is a heroin addict and he makes her dive into like a pit of syringes. And yeah, but I think was that trap designed by his disciple or designed by him? I can't remember. That could be. I think that that, I, that is the one where she's the one in charge. I don't know. I think I remember that on the first one. No, no, no. In the first one, it's only those two guys. Oh, but it's okay, like when yeah. you're it's like when your dad catches you smoking and it makes you smoke a whole pack like you dive into a pit of syringes and you'll never yeah, want to no, stick no, yourself the, with a needle again. For sure, but uh um he's just yeah, a good just dad like, to all of us. <laughs> I just think that as the films progress again, he's one of those characters that even if he had a philosophy or an ideology, he doesn't stick with it and he's I think I could I could be wrong about this, but I think that the people that if you have to like dig a key out of their stomach, it's because they failed their previous that they failed their test and so now the key is in their stomach and you're digging it out so like he might use people who did not appreciate life and didn't pass their test the first time to be a prop in the second one the next test or something like that i just don't know that i'm just saying he's a good guy he wouldn't do that (laughs) i just don't know that if i was in that situation that i would consider like ending up with like missing limbs and with severe ptsd I don't think that I would appreciate my life more on the other side. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think in, that I would saw off my limb and then be like, you know what, Jigsaw? Well, in Saw, in Saw 7, Thank the you. guy from Princess Bride who saws off his limb uh-huh. is one of his disciples. So is he? Does, See, does, that doesn't make sense. That's what makes him a good character. He's flawed. Yeah. Everyone, you can't be perfect. All right, Brandon, you need to tell us a little more about... Um, You're similar to The Collector. I think the first one is the best because there's a lot of mystery around the character. Yeah. And it's hard to, with a lot of these, like argue for the character specifically because 
He is just a creature. He doesn't have lines. So it's hard to discuss like a personality or anything. He's just this evil unknown entity who resurfaces every like 23 years. He consumes human body parts to sort of take them on. So when you first see him, he's just a dude in a truck with a trench coat and they see him like dumping a body down his trash chute. So they investigate his house. They see his huge collection of bodies that he's like preserved. And then when they confront him later, it's revealed that he is like a demon or something because they run him Uh over and then like a wing pops out of his trench coat. Mm-hmm. And even though like any normal person should be dead at this point, he gets up and flies away. And you see him like you hear his bones crunching and you see him like kind of reforming. Yeah. His limbs, so he's a literal demon. He has, he has like runes inscribed on his blades that That's make what I was going to say. Char- the character design is awesome. Yeah. I think. He, has, he looks he has, really. His blades are magical. They are. They're like insanely sharp. They're carved out of bone. And yeah, there's almost like. There's like a language inscribed on them, so it almost is kind of implied that he is like from another dimension or possibly just what from hell. Im- immortal, because yeah, he keeps coming back. And can I just also say that that is yeah. the fact that that starts out, that movie starts out with just a brother and sister on the back roads of America in like a shitty car, and you see him. He's a creepy as hell character when you just see him with his trench coat and his hat, and that alone is scary. He, they're being chased down. By a psychopath on a back and he's road. he's just trying to run them off the road. And that yeah. alone, like, that character is very, very creepy. And, like, makes you... Like, it unnerves you. And then, yeah, once you find out... I will say that the first time that I saw him... When they when it first shows his face and you kind of see him, like, screech as a demon... That kind of took me out of it the first time I watched it. But then, yeah, when you it, learn more about it... It's a complete, like, tonal shift for he, sure. Exactly. You're not expecting on it. that. And I thought that that was amazing the first time I watched it because it it did not go where you expected it to go. So, yeah, then at the I also like the film because it's not a good ending. Yeah. Justin Long gets captured and he gets his eyes harvested. I also never understood why Justin Long had that rose tattoo on his belly. That's just (laughs) why is Justin Long in this film? No, exactly. And it's him and uh, Eliza Dushku, right? Ooh, Isn't nice. she the sister? I don't know. Who that I don't is. remember. And she was also like pretty heavy in early two thousands films, but uh, but Brandon, Brandon, you talk about his like bombs that seek people's police cars out and stuff. Okay, okay we're not yeah, there so yet. We're, we're not there. Yet. We're still in Dreepers. Yeah. We're still in the good part of Dreepers. So Dreepers. second film is when they explain that he comes back every set amount of time, and then yeah, you get that that cool scene where like the old man has him pinned in his barn and he's waiting for him to come back. But then, yeah, in the third one, I can't even remember the story. It's just a slaughter fest. That van of his is like supernaturally decked out. You can't like shoot the tires. The is tires it, it don't like pop. It's indestructible. It? it has a spear that shoots out of the exhaust, uh, and it's homing. No, it's not a spear. It's got a rope attached to it. It's a retractable spear. Well, yeah, it's like a harpoon. Uh, and it, yeah. They're in like the woods and this thing is following them like weaving around trees. It's yeah. magically like homing. Makes no sense. He had nothing like that in the previous hey, two hey movies. Guys, um, I'm sorry. I got to stop real quick. We're actually going to have to stop this podcast and restart in four days. Apparently there's a new Jeepers Creepers coming out in four days. Oh, God. <laughs> there's right. one coming out on October 28th called Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Here, Lord. 
Yeah, so no, the third one, that shit went like straight to DVD. One, because it's garbage. Two, because the director had been canceled by this point because he's a horrible person. Oh, yeah. Well, and there was like a big gap between the movies, right? Like, yeah. There's like a 15 or 16 year gap. The first one's like, what, 2001? Yeah, 2001. Um, But in that video you sent me, John. Yeah. It also talks about the comic. There's a comic. Oh, yeah, there's a comic book. Yeah. And it's about this. It came out afterwards, right? Yeah, afterwards. And it's this young dude sort of investigating like the stories about the creeper. And he finds out that the creeper exists in like ancient Native American folklore and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's tied back to like Aztec sacrifices. Like they were feeding him sacrifices in order to like appease him so that he wouldn't just hunt them down and slaughter them. Right. So like every time he came back, they would have to like feed him a human. So that he would go back into hibernation and not just slaughter their society. Well, I just realized there's another connection to it. Because what? doesn't he also like people who are more afraid of him? Doesn't he like, like smell people's fear? She she does say that. She I think he does that. smell their fear, yeah. Yeah, and he's like attract like he wants to scare people and, and, and the more scared he gets them, the more like salivating. They don't yeah, they don't say that like the flesh is more like better tasting or anything like that. But I think that they do say like that's how he finds people. Like if if he senses their fear, that's how he's able to yeah. hone in on them. Because he literally, yeah. Once once he's revealed as a demon in the first one, mm-hmm. you start to see him like flying around, like he's chasing them down in the car with yeah. his wings. Yeah. So I sent y'all my honorable mention. If anyone can guess who that is, what character he plays? You sent it. Yeah. I sent it in Discord. Uh, hold on. This is my honorable mention. A bodybuilder. Wait, I know. Who you don't that know is. who that is. Who is that? I literally just saw this dude the other day. That's um, no, you didn't. There's no way. Who, who is it? Who is it? This is the guy who plays the Archangel Uriel in the movie Demons oh, at the God Door. Damn it! I hate you. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! I would not yeah. have thought of that. In that is my favorite 2000s horror film, by the way, Demons at the Door. And uh, this is it. Bob Bob Chicharillo. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched that recently because you guys talked about it so much, and I. Oh, you did? I watched bits and pieces on it's YouTube, not good, and it was. Dude. There's literally <laughs> nothing good about it. Cecilia, so, um, they constantly mention this movie. It is the most dog shit. It's film the ever. lowest quality film. No, I've no, ever no, seen no, no. Okay. Superseded okay. by Thanks Killings Day. I was about to say Thanks Killings Day. I also okay. love Thanks Killings Day. They could, is, they could have been made by the same. Person. Look what, ass look what or, picture. Uh, Cash, grass, or ass. I was about to drop this picture in there. I'm not even God joking. I got, I got it queued up already. Uh, that's an amazing character. I already got it, Brandon. What is it? The ginger dead man. Oh, yeah? Are you talking about... With Gary Busey. Are you talking about this guy right here, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> I had all three queued up. You the ginger pieces. dead man. You can also, Just three if you terrible in, classics. Um, if you want to throw in uh, that evil bong. The evil bomb? No, no, I never saw that. So whenever I would go to like Hollywood Video back in the early two thousand, you didn't even go to Blockbuster. No, of course not. I went to the off-brand. Fuck that mainstream shit. Yeah, Hollywood Video is where it's at. Okay, they had game crazy. I would go there on like every Friday night. My mom would take me there and just let me pick out random movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this wasn't a good idea. I was showing Brand the other day some of the fucked up Asian horror films oh that God, I watched. Yeah. <laughs> but I would always see like Thanks Killing Day, uh, Ginger Dead Man, and then Evil Bong. That was always one of the <laughs> ones Y'all, that I would look see. Look in the Discord and look in the Discord chat. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. There's, shit, a the crossover. Crossover. There's a crossover, and it's so good. There's also a Ginger Dead Man. 
it's like a ginger dead man where he like is killing people at a disco or something like that. Jesus. It's incredible. Look at the newest yeah, picture it, in the Discord chat. These these evil Bong movies are like Cheech and Chong, like a or Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Chong is the one that like produced a bunch of them. Uh-huh. Let me just okay. So John just posted this evil Bong six six six. I just want to read some of these. Um, oh yeah, these are blurbs these, on here. Yeah, these blurbs from critics. Uh, one of the best full moon films in years. Okay, so one of the best full moon. This, by the way, a yeah, full moon is the studio. one who makes. All of these movies that we're talking about are made by Full Moon Studios, which were making horror films in the 2000s. Uh, this is the best one, though. Set your expectations to OG Kush, stock up on Girl Scout cookies, and slip into the blue dream that is Evil Bong 666. Just that, that critic is obviously not to be trusted since they're just <laughs> oh, complete. Jesus. How many are there? And do you see Ma- Tommy Madsen, Chong? Madsen, please look at the picture. I've unfortunately so been looking. Look at that box set. <laughs> I, I see it. Why is it Evil Bong 666? I wish I didn't Evil have Bong to see it, but not. No. <laughs> what the hell? So basically. This is 2000s horror right here. Yeah. I, I yeah feel, it's honestly a terrible era. It's not good. That's why I'm saying I think you got to stick to the some timeless classics. I don't right, know well, what those on. are. So, but Sorry. We're talking about honorable mentions. Yeah. I will say one of my favorite 2000s horror films, but it, again, it's like hard to zero in on a character from it. Is the descent? Yeah, that's pretty intense. That is terrifying. The idea even of being if you're stuck. not claustrophobic, that yeah, movie it's will terrifying. make you like they're they're crawling through tiny caverns. It's so tight and, and dark, and and you're and underneath you don't even, the earth. Exactly. It's like forty five minutes into the film before they even introduce. Like I think one of the girls just gets injured because they're spelunking. It's just yeah, exactly. terrifying for them to be in a cave, and then you find out that there are these creatures in the cave that have just lived in the caves for centuries. And have like adapted to living in darkness. Those characters are very creepy, but again, you can't really like zero in on one character. They're just creepy, like basically inbred humans. Um, but all of the female characters in that film, like they it's go all through female a lot cast, of shit. Right? Yeah, it's a full female cast. It's like a group of of girlfriends who go into. I think it's set in um, like on the Blue Ridge Mountains. I think it's somewhere. Mm. Um, you know, and but basically, like all those girls are badasses. And another part of that film that I love is that there there is a moment where like one of the girls thinks she's getting attacked, and she uses her pickaxe to kill the thing. Oh yeah, that's and sucks. it's her friend. She turns around and accidentally stabs her friend through the throat because she thinks she's getting attacked, and then she just has to like go on the rest of the movie with that guilt and like doesn't want to tell the rest of them what happened but that movie that movie stuck with me i like that one a lot yeah i mean final destination i think is another good movie just Actually, not yeah. i was gonna argue for death originally i like the first one i think that like the puzzle pieces like the rube goldberg aspect of it <laughs> like trying to figure out everything fits to together what, somewhere yeah, like trying to figure out how they're going how death is going to get them is kind of like you're watching you're like okay i think i can see this happening like they'll give you little like uh, teases like oh this knife is on the edge of this table what's gonna happen and then like you know you don't know how it's gonna work out also like you can't uh, i know that they're not it's not a great film series i'm not gonna say that but when there is a film that has 
completely fucked an entire generation. How often do you see people talking about how they won't drive behind logging the trucks logs, anymore? Yeah, yeah true. Yes. Like, I actually want to reference it the opposite way. I say I specifically impact. choose to drive behind log trucks. All right, well, just because you're suicidal <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Every time we see a truck carrying anything, Erica says, get around that car. I don't want a final destination situation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Any time. But do we say that about just getting on planes? You know what I'm saying? No, like, no, well, no. What is the uh, line? Roller of- coasters? You, you like the roller coaster one? The ro- yeah, the roller coaster one freaked me out, and I definitely don't go on roller coasters. Not just because of uh, because of Final Destination, just in general, I don't. I trust have no them. issues but, with roller um, coasters. So I think all. I think the time period gave us a lot of good horror movies, like fun yeah. horror films. Mm-hmm. The just Ring, no strong horror characters. Yes. I can't argue for The Ring. I don't love The Ring, to be completely honest I with you. I think that girl I, is creepy. And I think that after watching it, I was like, wait, am I going to die? But is it? Because, I, because I've seen it. You know what I mean? I was like panicking about that Isn't The Ring for a while. also a remake, though? It's a the Ring is a remake, yeah. But, yeah, right? it's Ringu. Is but the original from what I've seen, from it's, it might be one of the first American remakes that's better. I was looking at that, and I was like, eh, I think that... I like the ring story better I li- than I the ring. Like, uh, like I think the character design for her is scary. But it's pretty I think, cool, yeah. But I think it being tied to like a videotape is just kind of stupid. Yeah. What are you talking oh, no, about? Yes. Just because you could stop the videotape. <laughs> just yeah. You literally decide not to rent that videotape. Yeah, like, eh, no, I don't feel in the mood it. for it today. <laughs> I think. Like, I think you the... say? Just record over it. Yeah, record over it so nobody else. Just put a Barney special on that yeah. shit. Well, you know how to defeat it, right? How to uh, defeat it? You DVD? make you have to like no, you have to make a copy of it or whatever, and give it to someone else. somebody else. Yep. Somebody else watches it. Yeah, you have to give it so to somebody else. You have to else. pass on the suffering. Right. It's it's like That's a fucked. Yeah. What that if also... you just go? You just move somewhere without a TV. And <laughs> she can't get you. Yeah, she has to come out of the TV. Yeah, she right? has to come out of the TV. Is it a statement on technology more than anything? Yeah, it's about your addiction to TV. There's nobody safer than the Amish from Ring, Even Ring Girl. Even though you know the TV's well, going to kill you, but you can't go without another it. Thing, another thing that's interesting about that movie is is she sets out because she finds out that this girl was killed by her mother and her mother and father were terrible to her. And she, she sets out to like, how do I stop this? Maybe, maybe I can stop it by helping this vengeful spirit. So she goes and tries to help her and like re- reclaim her remains and like get the police involved and like – She's like, okay, that's gonna do it. But then the end of the movie, it no, it ends with her with the girl coming out and killing her boyfriend. So, it even it turns out that the spirit is just evil. Like it's not actually vengeful. It is just an evil spirit, which is kind of a cool a horror twist in the end. We also get uh, Paranormal Activity in this era, which is I never like, watched those. I can't. Brandon and I couldn't even shit. finish watching the first one I, that one time. <laughs> in my opinion, the first Paranormal Activity <laughs> is one of the it's one of the scariest movies ever because it feels so real. Right. It's like found just, footage. I want to get into that genre. one. Like, there's no. I wouldn't say there's like jump scares when you're watching it, but that one leaves you unnerved. Yeah, it's For terrifying because like, it's just your house. Yeah, and like the scene where she gets dragged out of her bed by her foot, uh huh, that like reignites that childhood fear of like being uncovered by the blankets. Yes, yes after yes, you yes, watch yes. that movie, you're not letting a foot hang over the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, it leaves you like terrified. Yeah, well, we're gonna wind down in a second. Let me, um, but let me talk about we have two honorable mentions from Instagram Jeff Mack trying to come through with the uh foreign independent film he said marie from the movie called high tension it's a french oh, film oh fuck me 
why did yes. I not talk about Hydentian? Tell us, tell us a little. Yes. We, we're we're going to try to wrap up soon, so give us a little bit about Marie from Hydentian, just a little bit. All right, that's one of those films where, first off, that's uh, the director. He's been in charge of a lot of films since then. That's Alexander Haja, which or Aja, which I think also did the new It movie. Oh, really? Uh, he did, let me see, he did The Hills Have Eyes remake. Well, what 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 uh, makes Marie cool? Sorry, why, did, why did Jeff so say Marie? Marie is amazing because she spends the entire film outrunning this crazed killer who is like um, killed an entire family that she was staying with during a road trip. It's it's a great film. Why does it say, say that, online it says it's controversial? Why does it say it's controversial? Oh, okay, there's, there's a multiple really, fucked up things yeah, in that there's film. A lot of- One of the worst parts is that so you see the 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 killer, you actually never really see his face. It's like a really fat dude in like a truck who's like really greasy and gross. Um, and he, at one point, it looks like he's getting head. And then he literally just throws a decapitated. He was using like the decapitated Ugh. head to give oh, himself. God. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But, okay. so yes, Don't but what makes that. what makes Marie dope, though, in my opinion, uh-huh. besides I actually didn't like that twist that much. She fights back in some of the best ways. Like she lures him into like an abandoned greenhouse and pulls like a um, a stake out of the ground that she like. It's basically like a board of wood covered in nails. And she literally fights back and starts like beating the shit out of this other dude. It's a pretty intense movie, but it's it's very good. All right. Um, now our friend uh, Luis, who's been on the X-Men episode and the Avengers episode, the MCU episode, he said that Sam from Trick or Treat is uh, the best part of the anthology. I haven't seen it. That is That's an anthology series, and I have not seen it either. I haven't seen it, and I've always heard really good things about it, which is surprising. Like It looked, it looked like one of those pretty low-budget, crappy films to me, but it's actually considered a modern classic. Yeah, apparently it 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 didn't get distribution, very good distribution, but it was it like it did do well on some film festivals from when I was researching after after he said that. And yeah, that again, that um, that's kind of an iconic uh, costume now. I feel like you see that a lot around Halloween now. It's just like the bag on the head. It's like it's like a kid. Yeah, it's like a, a burlap sack, and then he's got like a an orange jumpsuit on. Um, and I think that in that film, he kind of moves between the stories, and I think he ends up also being a killer. Mm, yeah i think you're right it's, it's an anthology series that has like a strong thread in between it is from what i could see uh, i might check that out though it, it sounds kind of interesting okay we will do categories now let's try to do them quickly so aesthetics we've got Coraline, who is you know like a stop motion girl um although i do love the like button eye aesthetic in Coraline. that's fucking terrifying shit we have the collector who's kind of like what you want to post a picture very, of it in the discord uh... I think the film as a whole, the aesthetic of it is very industrial. It's a very uh, like grimy feel to it. Like especially they go into the basement and there's a very uh, industrial, disgusting warehouse feel. So the aesthetic of the film as a whole, I wouldn't I wouldn't give it to. But the character, very like BDSM inspired. There you go, Matt. Matt Sin, you haven't seen it. There, there he is. Yeah, this looks like a B grade film. If even Oscar from <laughs> Oscar from. Uh... Well, he's just From a really the right one in. Twelve-year-old. I think boy. he. I think. Yeah, but I. I like. I don't know. I like him. His I think sweaters he, go hard. He wears some I, bomb he's sweaters. Got, he's got like the coolest emo cut for his hair. Yeah, but I, I think, also think again as a, as a whole that film the aesthetic of like mm-hmm. a of creepy like, like snowy in, like, little town. Cold. Yeah. Dark snowy. 
You never really see the sun in that movie, right? You, you do. A, there's a you couple do. scenes during the day. Um, so but, it's like yeah. 30 Days yeah. of Night. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We didn't mention 30 Days of Night. But oh, that's, a, that's such a fun It's movie. a good movie, but the characters are not that great yeah. necessarily. I do like Josh Hartnett in that one, actually. I wanted to argue for a He's Josh fine. Hartnett character so bad. That's what I <laughs> said coming into this. Didn't work out? But just none of them and were I, that great. Just, just nothing. There was nothing. <laughs> just not in any good films? <laughs> you know what else? He's in so many good films. You know what else I forgot about that came out at this time that is also a very, very unnerving film is Strangers. I wanted oh, to talk yeah. about that too, but that I, movie's I very unnerving. Yeah, that was it's... the first film that I watched in theaters that I will say that that was the first horror film that that made me feel sick to my stomach. That yeah, it it's very, it's very, hardcore. It's very intense. Um, but no characters to argue for. That's what I keep saying. Like, there's good movies sometimes, but not necessarily good characters. Yeah. I also, think... twenty eight days later. Oh, 28 Days Later is so I, I, good. I wanted to throw oh it my in God. there because I know you wanted to talk about it. Oh John. my God, Shaun of the Dead is also Shaun considered a horror incredible. comedy. And it's yeah. uh, Shaun of the Dead is a near-perfect movie. I love that movie. Um, I would that say that, so that good. Like, set the stage for horror comedies to make a comeback, yes. in my opinion. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, but yeah, we got to keep doing this. So um, aesthetic, what? Patrick Bateman, that aesthetic is, also, is fucking perfect for what it is. Who else do we have? We have uh, oh, uh, I like the- Creeper. The otherworldly appearance of the creeper. Oh, I think the creeper, honestly, you could ruin that character by the reveal of the monster, and I think that he's good. I think he looks good. Yeah, I like he's it. He's got kind of a predator face. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got the, like, talons coming off of his mouth, and then... And, like, the bat wings. I think the wings are what make it, especially because, uh, like, in the later films, you see him, like, encase people with his wings and, like, I'm, decapitate them. I'm fine with giving aesthetic to the creeper. What do y'all think? That's what I would say, personally. Yeah, I think out of these. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like Coraline, but for horror aesthetic, I wouldn't give it to her. Okay, what about like, like their three-dimensionality? They're, they're, they make sense to us. Like I said, Jigsaw is like for the – I, 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 I hate torture porn. I did not porn. like your, uh, your analysis of Jigsaw if I'm being – I don't like torture porn, you. but at least <laughs> Jigsaw has a fucking – at least Jigsaw has a fucking motive. Like, all those other torture porns, like, House of a Thousand Fucking Corpses. I hate that shit. Like, I can't get into Rob Zombie as a The Hills right Have now. Eyes, like, Hostel. Like, They're all those just movies. like a dime a dozen. There's no fucking motive. Yeah, there's, it's just yeah. a bunch of... It, the agree. motive is, go watch people get killed. And honestly, I, I don't know if you like that stuff. I don't know who you are. Okay, hold on. I'm, hold on. Let I mean, me just... I'm gonna, if you I'm gonna like watching people get just dissected, uh-huh. I don't... The what, first what is, Hostel is similar to American Psycho, where there's a lot about... I mean, it's are literally they, is rich it, people does it have something to say? poor people. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, then that's fine. If it's got a message, and then, then that's fine. <laughs> if it's a message about human trafficking, we're in. <laughs> well, because <laughs> that's that's something, it has something to say. Uh-huh. And it's terrifying. The human trafficking aspect in that film yeah. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then The Hills Have Eyes is basically like again inbred savages who <laughs> they don't want their way of life to be changed oh yeah um, so it's like trump supporters exactly and it's it's a liberal family coming in and they're like you can't change our way of life we're gonna make the desert great again oh my god <laughs> you're right Jesus. um so, so i, I like so both of those films whose character makes the most sense like i said jigsaw has a motive christian bale is literally like a soulless husk in that movie as patrick bateman but i think that he perfectly represents capitalism and like yuppie culture I think and so. stuff. I would say that his is, is the most fleshed out. And I would say the Creeper, except the fact that it weakens him as the series goes on. Yeah, I mean, Creeper and Collector, I, Creeper and Collector are 
almost better without. We're their talking about like three dimensionality backstory. Like who's who's a character that makes sense? I actually I think Oscar from um, from Let the Right yeah, One actually, In. Actually, I think a character that really, makes the most sense is Coraline. Well, yeah, Coraline. What she she's repressed and she's neglected and she's looking for an outlet and then she kind of. You could say the same thing about Oscar. Yeah. Oscar's also an outcast who has to like find the strength to stand up to his bullies and stuff like that. And also, I think I, I appreciate something else about Oscar, which is he finds love with another outcast, a societal outcast. Like he really does. He kisses what? a vampire after she's eaten somebody. Like it's mm. he's got blood on his lips. He's got blood on his lips, but he, he really doesn't, does let the right one in. He's so <laughs> innocent. Well, and that's the other thing too. I think the title I was reading the title might have a double meaning of like, mm-hmm. who do you love? You know, like. Oscar loves this androgynous, you know, he, he doesn't know that she's an androgynous monster at first, but he, like, comes to find that out. He, yeah, let the right one in. Like, who do you fall in love with? You know, um, make sure you're the John, right you, person. You just changed my mind. I, I was going to say Patrick Bateman, but no, I, I think I'm going to give it to Oscar. I think he is a pretty well-rounded character. And I yeah. feel like his arc kind of gets, I feel like you yeah. get a, a good beginning, middle, and climax to his, his arc. Well, you know and, it's cool be, and it's cool because, yeah, uh, you know, Ellie... I don't know how they pronounce. Yele is how they pronounce her name. She, she, he, they save him in the end, but then he also makes the decision to leave his family and become her familiar. He makes that decision. Mm-hmm. Which one is the most horrifying? And maybe not a character because we have Oscar, who's not really a terror, you know, a monster or anything. But like, the situation is kind of creepy and horrifying that he's like slowly falling in love with the. A, a vampire and I'm not afraid to say that the most terrifying character is the collector. Yes. Like I'm not even going to put I got one. There. I got one. Put it on the board. I th- yeah, I don't know. The the button eyed mom I won't even, honestly, as, far as, as far as horrifying, I'm not even going to give it to the collector. I will say the creeper. The creeper again, is pretty terrifying. Him in his trench coat was terrifying enough and then when they reveal the demon, still terrifying. Like you said, that that could have ruined it and it didn't. It just gave the it was a shift in the film and it was still enjoyable so i'll give it to the creeper on that one it's much scarier for me when it could be a human yeah Patrick. like just a creepy yeah. dude on the backside of a, of a road that's like abandoned i yeah that's but terrible. patrick patrick bateman is a successful handsome muscular like all that is actually true and he is all of those things but he's also a fucking psychopath shell of a human being i think the fact that i don't because, okay, you we mentioned two of his specific uh, types of victim, you know, women and, yeah. and like people lower in society. Okay, don't yeah. get me wrong. I don't have the money of a fucking, you know, Wall Street broker, but I, I don't see myself as somebody who would be a possible victim of his. So I think that that's maybe why I don't get as, I don't find him as scary of a character. I think he's an interesting character. I just don't think he's scary. I mean, he does fucking hatchet that dude in the head, so nobody's safe. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Literally more successful yeah. than him, and still just. <laughs> That's true. Brand, who do you uh, who do you consider for most terrifying? Yeah, I think like being hunted down by the creeper because they're just ordinary dudes on the road, like completely unprovoked. Also, if you think about his his methodology and the fact that you, if you have organs that he likes. You're screwed. Like, there's They're no yours. way to change that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Them's his organs? Is that what Just you're saying? because Justin Long had beautiful eyes means he's going to die. That's so stupid. Like, the, this... the situation with the collector is also very disturbing, but it's harder to... Well, that's the other put, thing, too. Put Maybe the collector scenario, is scary. I guess. I, I don't like know. It, it reminds me of The Strangers, because it's like a home invasion, and then also, like, there's no negotiation. 
why are they there? They're not there to rob you. They're there because they literally want to kill you, just torture yeah. you and kill you, which and is like the, the thought sucks. of like him having been, you know, an exterminator that they hired. Yeah, and gave yeah, him full that's pretty terrifying. Actually, home, it's like that's really terrifying. All right, well, we will do a three, two, one, and and make a decision on the character. So let me let me see who I think. All right, let's vote. Yeah, let's decide scariest. You know, character that makes the most sense, uh, cool aesthetic, most 2000s horror Who are we going to pick? In, y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In three, two, one, Jigsaw. Patrick. Okay, Matt, did you even say anything? Matt didn't say anything. Matt didn't say anything, and the three of us said something different. <laughs> God damn it. All right, so. Oh, Matt says, what do y'all say? I say nothing. Patrick. I, thing is, Who'd I have say, to abstain from a vote because it's all just so poopy, dude. I can't laugh. Who'd John say? Sassy, who'd you say? I, I didn't vote. You don't want to vote for anybody? Dude, it just all sucks. Know. But yeah, there has I to be a best, know. even among no, the worst. There really doesn't. Sassy's dying right yeah, now. Yeah, she's dying. Yeah, I can't laugh because of my surgery, and that just made me, like, really bust out laughing. <laughs> I mean, either way, like, there's there's not really going to be right. a... Someone. I don't think she's going to choose a tiebreaker anyway. Yeah, someone's got to... Sassy, yeah. who are you picking? I'd say the creeper, because... That's like very uh, super, super just of the time period, what was coming out, like those kind of like teens being murdered movies mm-hmm. that were happening at the time in horror. And um, he's super creepy. The whole movie has a cool vibe. It's kind of, it's a fun watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with All right. With I, say, I say Patrick Bateman. So now it's a tie between Creeper you and Patrick Bateman. Shut up. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we gonna say the creeper then? The creeper is the best character. I'm sticking to the creeper. That's the two creeper. votes for creeper then. Two votes for creeper. All right. All right. Well, we we it figured it out though. Here. Oh, it was no, it was not. It was so hard <laughs> from planning to now. So difficult, and we ended up with was the work worth it? Because we ended up with the creeper from Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> <laughs> we we truly, truly, all of us are in different pieces I right mean, now. We'll I, have to. I changed my vote. Like, I voted for Patrick, but in terms of true horror, like, Jeepers Creepers is, like, my favorite. There you go. All right. Well, then, there he is, the Creeper. That is your 2000s horror Because that's just horror. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, multi-genre. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. But Jeepers Creepers is just a purely horror film. Mm -hmm. But I do like all of the movies except The Collector. God damn it. I haven't watched it, but now now I need to because... (laughs) Yeah, you need to watch it, man. It just looks so shitty. I understand. Everybody watch The Collection also. Because then you're going to appreciate The Collector more, okay? When you see how bad the second one is, you're going to appreciate the first one more. All right, and everybody go watch Thanks, Killings Day, Ginger Dead Man, and Demons at the Door. Okay, we're over. We're done here. All right. I can't believe it. We did it again. We figured out who the best character is and whatever we're talking about, despite the podcast being called Your Favorite Character Sucks. Now the only question is, what should we do next? You can help us decide by following us at YFCSPod on Instagram and Twitter and telling us which show, movie, series, book you think we should do. Until then, hit that subscribe button and catch us on the next episode. Thanks for listening.